Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, it is a loaded Saturday with so much going on. Braves spring training opener today. Word is Spencer Strider will be on the mound. As a matter of fact, not only that, but the word is that we'll see Jerry Kellenick for the first time in a Braves uniform. And we may see Marcelo Zuna at first base trying to create some depth as an issue for this team, one of the few that they have here, uh, as we uh, get the Braves spring training opener. Also, we're taking you an hour from now live to Columbus, Ohio, where the uh, Five Stripes are going to open the season uh, live on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Mike Connie, Jason Longshore, as Atlanta United opens uh, this year. Uh, no Miles Robinson, but uh, Gonzalo uh, Pineda has a, um, a loaded team. He's got Yakamakis, he's got uh, Tiago Almada, Saba Silva. We'll see what that kind of all plays out. And it is race weekend down at AMS. Uh, today, the uh, Craftsman Truck Series and the Xfinity Race. Tomorrow, the Amber Health 400. And it looks like beautiful weather for that. All right, so Abe Gordon's going to do a show here after the Atlanta United game. I don't know why he's in so early, but he is. And I, I need to publicly apologize to you, Abe, because I did misquote uh, you there and misspoke and I made a mistake, and I said that you had put out the tweet about the, the chart. You did not. That was a John Chuckery tweet, and I wasn't really even calling either of you out. I was just making a broad statement about the fact that you can't look at a chart when you're talking about the number one pick. John uh, Chuckery, uh, good afternoon. Or John Chuckery. John Fricky, good afternoon. Yes, I, I just don't want to be beholden to uh, no. to the said the said point totals and the number. I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't really buy in it. A team either asks for what they ask and, and points be darned or uh, or you don't get a deal done. So I'm with you on that. All right, so I, this is kind of how I fall here. I want to play for you, and I, I know that you've heard it, but I'm going to play it for the benefit of the audience here. Noel, if you could spool up the Justin Fields sound for me and let me know when you have it uh, from earlier in the show for the benefit of the audience uh, that is just joining us. So Noel says she has it. So Justin Fields goes on the St. Brown, that's the – uh, St. Brown Brothers podcast to talk about this uh, fact that he on his social media had unfollowed the Chicago Bears and the reports were that he started following Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, and uh, others. Uh, Bijan, is, is it, you know, question is, is it turning into a Jesse Bates kind of moment where he's having dinner in Buckhead with, with, with Falcons players here? Here is what uh, Justin Fields said about trying to backtrack off unfollowing the Bears. Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like why, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You know? That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the draft Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over yeah, he just wants it to be over. When he says EQ, he's talking about Equiminius and then uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, the St. Brown brothers here. 
Uh, there is mute, uh, Justin. Mute, 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 mute. And uh, I said earlier, Abe, Justin's old enough. He probably was in town when Julio unfollowed the Falcons. I got to tell you, it doesn't, Justin can sit here and say this, Abe, but we all know that doesn't mean nothing. It just doesn't. Well, it means something when you unfollow. It's not in his control. You want, you want to talk about Jesse Bates doing something like that. Jesse Bates is a free agent, and he had the power to choose who he wanted to go to dinner with, what cities he wanted to visit, who, who would be considered. Justin Fields is kind of at the mercy of what the Bears want to do right now. And, and in, in line with that, what the Falcons want to do, what the Raiders want to do, what the Steelers want to do, and whatever other surprise teams might be involved here. So he can follow, unfollow, or whoever he wants. That doesn't really mean that he's leaving Chicago, although we all think he will. But it certainly doesn't mean that he's going to be headed here, although many, many of us hope that he does. Yeah, well, and again, this goes to, and Abe's correct, but it does go to the fact that Justin is, I would say this, that he's out at Chicago. I mean, I think he thinks he's out. Again, you have to always look in the negative space here. If you have everyone from Ian Rappaport to Adam Schefter to Tom Fornelli to everybody who's anybody doing a mock draft at every major Walter football, you name it, with Caleb Williams, and the Bears have never said no or boo or even hinted at trading the number one pick, uh, and have not said, hey, no, Justin's our guy. If, he, if they haven't committed, this all points to smoke and fire here that Justin Fields will no longer be a Chicago Bear. And, of course, a, a lot of people think he might be an Atlanta Falcon. Look, whatever happens here, Abe, my point in, in trying to get it across to some fans today is we could sit here and have arguments. Oh, let's trade up. Let's go get this guy. Let's go get that guy. The, uh, I want to ask you a direct question. Well, actually, two. I'm going to start with this one. Uh, Abe Gordon, uh, who's going to be hosting here, of course, uh, uh, the ABTL show. He's going to be hosting after the Atlanta United game, and I'll be interested to tune in and listen to what he has to say. But my question to you first is, this team, it doesn't necessarily, right now as constructed, uh, with the orders that we know that Arthur Blank has given to, to Raheem Morris about winning now, they don't necessarily need a franchise quarterback. I don't even know that they need a great quarterback. They just need a competent quarterback. Well, I mean – but you could get a young, competent quarterback, or you could get an old, competent quarterback. And that, that's, I think, is where you start to have these discussions of, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, if he ends up leaving Tampa, is he in play for half of the cost or more than half of the cost of what Kirk Cousins would be in play for if he even leaves Minnesota, stuff like that. Uh, or, or like you've said, you, you can you can try and get a, a guy that, that can just bridge either until you believe Ritter's ready or if you draft someone else, you know, do that sort of thing, a Gardner Minshew type. I'm not necessarily in favor of that, but, yeah, I agree with you. You need someone comp- – you, you, look, you're the best team in the NFC South. I don't really care what the standings were last year. You are the best team in the NFC South, uh, and you just need that quarterback. Again, we don't even need him to win games, John. We've been saying it for, for two years. Just don't lose games. And, unfortunately, that's all that Desmond Ritter did last year. Yeah, and the uh, noodle arm quitter before him. So, uh, and for that matter, Taylor Heineke. Uh, all three uh, lost two games. Uh, so the only thing that I can't see, the only thing I think would really ruffle me and disappoint me, given the coaching change and where we're at as a franchise, where the Falcons are as a franchise, is for us to be sitting around, you, me, everybody in the station, the morning of the draft on April 15th in Detroit, or we won't be there, but you know what I'm saying, uh, with Desmond Ritter and nothing as our quarterback room. I, I, I would not be in the same state of panic that you are, John, uh, because I trust in Zach Robinson and his analysis of quarterbacks and what they're looking for. I would be much more frustrated if we end the draft without picking that guy and it looks like we're headed towards a, a season with Ritter 
th- that would be much more of a problem for me. Look, if they think it's J.J. McCarthy, if they think it's Bo Nix, draft that guy, put him in there, a- a- and run the offense that you want to run. But um, I- I'm just going to believe whatever they, they stick their, their, their futures on, I- I'm going to believe in it. Well, they better be right because they're going to have to sell Arthur Blank on it if they draft a quarterback. Because if you go to, you know, I think J.J. McCarthy might actually be gone by the time the Falcons get to eight. I think there's going to be, we know the top three, right? Uh, And at the very worst, top four are going to be, three of the top four are going to be quarterbacks because somebody, Washington, New England may say, look, we're sticking with Howell or Jones and we're going to go with Marvin Harrison because we simply can't pass up a freak show of a wide receiver, which would make perfect sense here. Uh, and then Arizona might be in the business of trading. I, I, I don't know. But I think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks. There's so many teams that need them. I can see six quarterbacks going in the first round. I, 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 I'm loathe to want to have to trade up to get that guy, but I'm also concerned, too, that if you're not 100% certain, Abe, that the quarterback that you're drafting is going to come in and be that franchise guy that can start from day one, you're going to have a camp battle. If you draft Bo Nix, you could have a camp battle, and who's to say that Zach Robinson won't look at it and go, yeah, uh, we like Bo a lot, but he's not ready to start. And Bo Mahold doesn't ready to start in game one. Yeah, I mean, that's something they, they obviously – if this is a first-round draft pick, they'll find a way to avoid that. You can't go in with a camp battle. I, I know what you're setting up, but they'll find a way to avoid it if it's a first-round pick. If it's someone well, later, that's the case, you probably got to unload unload Desmond somehow, some way, and get a veteran to back up Bo Nix. You know, somebody more of a veteran. You know, even if you're talking about a Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you're doing that and you're not sure, you can't have Desmond be the guy that he's maybe leaning on for some some commentary. But also, Heineke's right. not going to be here either. So, right, not at his not at his price tag. Well, yeah, it's it's it is a fascinating conversation. You know, really because. I'm not sure the last time that we've had this conversation about quarterback with the Atlanta Falcons. We did a little bit. The the Matt Ryan, to take everybody to wheel way back, I think really the last time we had this kind of conversation was Michael Vick because if you go back to Matt Ryan, there was really not a whole lot of discussion. There were some people that, fans at that time, Abe, that had reservations about Matt Ryan coming out of Boston College, but the Falcons kept saying, look, the guy's going to be a star, the guy's going to be a star. They took him number three overall. He's going to be a star, and you know, from his very first pass on, he obviously had what I believe is a Hall of Fame career. You go back to the Michael Vick thing, that was the trade – Let's not forget that they had to trade up to get that pick. They had to trade with the Chargers to get the Michael Vick pick, but there were so many people that wanted Vick, and there were others that were concerned at the time that Michael Vick wasn't a polished enough passer and that they were making a mistake and that LaDainian Tomlinson had superstar running back written all over him, and so there was a big debate in town about that at the time, and it was one of those trades that notwithstanding what happened to Vick you know, later in his life with, uh, with the, the dogs and everything that turned out well for both teams. Uh, both got great players. Uh, and so, and all the Falcons had to part with was, you know, their number three pick at Tim Dwight. I liked Tim Dwight a lot, but it was no great loss. Um, so that was a rare one. So we really haven't had this quarterback conversation for, for quite some time. So it's fascinating for us to have this. All right. So let me ask you a direct question, Abe. If you could have anybody, presuming the top three picks are not gettable, you could have anybody right now, who do you want? I'll take Baker Mayfield. I think hey, he's. Are, are you are you are you certain that the Tampa is going to move on from him? I'm not certain, no. But but I'm I'm leaning more towards there's a possibility of that than ever than I would have right after the season ended. 
and that they're going to be looking. Well, maybe you know, you know, I hadn't really considered that much. I guess I, I, I guess I sort of maybe made more of an assumption that he might be back. We see in New Orleans that they are just resisting at all costs, even with their cap because of the restructuring of Derek Carr, to submit to the whole, whole hard reset thing. If Tampa moves on from Baker Mayfield, are you saying that maybe Tampa, given the age of some of their players, is going to move on from Mike Evans and do the hard reset thing? I don't think they would hard reset because uh, I still don't think they're going to go with like Kyle Trask. Uh, but they may find some other option. Um, you know, it, someone it, if the Broncos cut Russell Wilson, someone's going to find a way to get him as their starting quarterback. And, sure. and you you wonder and that if could be us. It could be us, but it also could be Tampa if they move on from Baker Mayfield. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Tampa will find something to do. I don't think they're gonna gonna go in with Trask, but. Yeah, I think they're looking at taking a step back without Mike Evans and then possibly letting the quarterback go because of that. Uh, all right, uh, final quick thing from Abe here because we got the game coming up and Abe is going to be on. Uh, what are your expectations for United this year? I Borderline unrealistic, if we're going to be honest, but I had very <laughs> high expectations. I, I do. Uh, I, I just think this is a team that should be in the top four in in a very, very difficult Eastern Conference. They should be one of the – three highest goal-scoring teams uh, in the entire league. Uh, it, it looked They weren't that far off last year. You remember how many times they had a lead that ended in a draw or a draw that ended in a loss. You clean a couple of that up, especially on the road, uh, I think you jump from the back end of the playoff standings to the top end of the playoff standings. So, uh, I, I look, it, it's, it's a heavy expectations, but I think they're going to be very, very good. I do think they get to challenge for a title this year. All right, so you're going to be on from the end of the game uh, and this afternoon uh, talking with all the fans about that. All right, hey, hey, but nice to talk to you again. I haven't seen you in a while. You nice too, to John. You. Nice yeah. To to you. Uh, Abe Gordon uh, in the APTL after the uh, Atlanta United game against Columbus Crew. All right, uh, let's jump in and take a call here. Do we have time to take a call before the break there, Noel? Can we get one in? Uh, where are we going here? Where do you want me to go? Uh, let's go to Scott. Hey, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Okay. Um, I have three point three points I want to make, but first I want to tell you that uh, I disagree one hundred percent with you about taking Fields, and I want to go so far as to say that if Fields is taken, Fontenot and this entire coaching staff will be gone in two to three years, and I want to tell you why. He's in the bottom third in every single category but rushing, and he's got 41 turnovers. That means he's averaging 13.5 turnovers per season. And in the fourth fourth quarter, his numbers are even worse. He's dead last in completion percentage, interceptions per attempt, and passer ratings. My second point is, if you look at the games the past two seasons under Arthur Smith, there were several games going in the fourth quarter where – we were either down by a possession or we had the opportunity to win in the fourth quarter. So taking into account that Fields is 23, 23 stats, he was dead last in those key categories in his turnovers, he can single-handedly lose us plenty of games in the fourth quarter. And last, the last point I want to make, if you look at the playmakers around Fields, I would argue, especially this past season, that he's had better playmakers around him than anything we have so you look at D.J. Moore, D.J. Moore is better than Drake London at this point. He had 
more pass, uh, more receiving yards, more touchdowns. Cole Komet was more productive than Kyle Pitts is. So if we think that Fields is going to come in here and just magically turn it around because he's got better playmakers, that's false. In my opinion, well, Scott, I would tell you that 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 the the numbers for Kyle Pitts and Drake London are skewed because of the quarterback that they happen to work with, or the quarterback. Well, I'm saying that in many ways. So now, who who Fields is worse than Ritter? He's worse. The numbers don't lie. Okay, so so you made that again. We could disagree without being disagreeable. You and I disagree on this. I think he's a top twenty quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter. Um, well, I mean, how can he be a top twenty uh, but, if he's dead last in the fourth quarter in key stats and bottom right, in every so, other Scott, stat? What is your better option? You have to trade up for Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams. You're not going to be. Well, you, I, you can't say that, Scott. You cannot say that. Well, of course you can say it. No, you can't because there's no indication, none, zero. I want to be clear, Scott. Zero indication. From from the top three teams in the draft that they are willing to trade, nothing, okay. not a peep, not what a word. There's no indication that you cannot go to the draft, presuming you could trade up, because there is nothing, zero zilch from any of the three teams they're willing to trade. Okay, that's fine. But if you take Justin Fields, knowing that he's been dead last, so what's your better option category? if you can't trade up? What's your better option if you can't trade up? Well, you have to take someone other than Fields because if you put Fields out right, there who? knowing this, that's waving the white flag. Okay, who? Scott? Okay, well, I agree with the caller. I'd even take Mac Jones over Justin Fields. Well, I, I don't I know take, that New England's willing to trade Mac Jones. They haven't said that. Okay, well, I take Kirk Cousins. I take Russell Wilson. I take anyone over Fields. Well, you don't he, know that you can, Okay, right, see, here's the problem here. Uh, that, and uh, That's fine. And we're just going to disagree, he and I. Okay, Kirk but Cousins comes with a high. That's fine. No, I appreciate it, Scott. I got to get to a break. We, Kirk Cousins comes with an. Ex- you're going to use most of your cap to get the quarterback on a team that needs a center, a wide receiver, offensive line depth, cornerback, safety. I, I, I would love to have jo- Jordan Fuller from the Rams to run alongside Jesse Bates. You need edge guys. This team needs other things here. That's why I asked the question: Do you need a franchise quarterback? Do you need a great quarterback, or do you just need a competent quarterback? And and Scott, and I, it's fine. Look again, we can all disagree without being disagreeable. And he'd rather have, and so I just was trying to get him down to, to, to where he was saying, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. That's fine. And if you'd rather have Kirk Cousins, you can make the case. Kirk, is Kirk Cousins a better quarterback than Justin Fields? Yes. Does he come with a much higher price tag? Yes. But there's something to be said for signing Kirk Cousins and drafting Michael Penix if you can do it. That's, that's a game plan, too. And, and by the way, if they do that and Scott's right, I'll support that 100%. I'm just looking at the best options available to me. That's all. So, uh, and, and again, I, I'm not a, as down in the mouth about Justin Fields. I, I think that Justin Fields' offensive line was just ass and that he's actually a really good player who is not in a good situation. But, again, I could be wrong, and Scott could be right. Quick break of more of your calls as we uh, continue on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Sports Radio 92 on the game. I do appreciate John Frickie with you, Scott, calling in and, and talking here. And I'm just challenging Scott. Uh, you know, give me your better option. You know, he's going down the list of the reasons he doesn't like Justin Fields. That's fine. He doesn't like Justin Fields. doesn't like Justin Fields. Uh, we're we're going to disagree. And he's like, I don't know how you can disagree when you look at the stat. Well, because stats don't tell the whole story. That's why. Uh, and so I look at a guy who's 6'5", can move as a candidate for an arm, is going to have what I think is a, an offense that will fit him. Uh, Cole Komet is a fine tight end. I get it. Kyle Pitts is a better tight end. 
Uh, Kyle Pitts, second all-time in the history of the NFL as a rookie in yards for tight ends when he had a competent quarterback in Matt Ryan. And then he didn't have a competent quarterback for two years. And then he played last year on not one but two injuries to his knee. that We, we, we knew about one, and it turns out it was two. And he played most of the season on those. I think Kyle Pitts is fine. But we'll see what they do in the offseason here. And um, and I just, I, again, when you have running backs the like Bijan and Tyler behind you, you have a crystal instrument in front of you, and again, whatever else they add, I, I'd be very intrigued by the idea of Justin Fields, especially, again, factoring in things that you can't know, like, you know, as much as he says he wants to stay in Chicago, guess, guess where he's from? He'd be coming home. And that may be a good thing. It may be a bad thing. I don't know. But given the options out there, because right now Russ isn't an option, Denver hasn't cut him. So there's no option there. Yes, Kirk Cousins is an option if you want to pay the freight. How much does he want? You have $41 million under the cap. He says he wants $45 million a year. You're pretty much going to eat up your entire cap bringing Kirk Cousins in. And you need, what did I say, seven, eight new players? And that's fine if you believe that you know he alone is going to change your team so much and so demonstrably that you can, you can do it. Uh, and and then of course the other option is to go get you know and Abe mentioned Abe Gordon mentioned Baker Mayfield. Uh, I hadn't actually heard that you know that they were going to they haven't tagged him. So I mean I guess they could just cut him you know post June one or something. Whatever here I, I just don't I, I I'm cautious about the idea of going into the draft sitting at number eight. This whole notion that when fans have been hitting me up on Facebook and X saying, well, or as Scott said, I want to trade up for Jaden Daniel. Again, guys, there's somebody want to send me a story anywhere that you've seen from a credible source that says the general manager of the Chicago Bears or the Washington Commanders or the New England Patriots or the head coach or the team president or the owner, anybody has said, we are willing to trade our pick. Because, again, you have to look into the negative space. And the negative space is nobody said anything. So if they're not saying we are willing to trade our pick, you have to assume and presume for the sake of our discussion that one, two, and three are off the board. You can't say we're trading up for Jaden Daniels if there's no trade up for him. And if you're sitting around going, yeah, well, you know, because then you get to draft day and you pick a what? You pick up the phone on, on the morning of the draft, an hour before it begins, and you call the Washington Commanders and say, hey, we want to trade up to number two. And the Commanders go, pound sand, and they hang up on you. You call New England, hey, we want to trade up for number three. And the Patriots go, pound sand, and they hang up on you. Well, now what are you going to do? Now you say, oh, well, I, I'm good with J.J. McCarthy. Well, what if somebody with Pittsburgh leapfrogs you at number six and takes J.J. McCarthy? Well, then, then what do you do? So, again, you, you, you have to be very careful in how you manage this. And this is a dicey situation, the quarterback situation with the Atlanta Falcons. It is going to be on uh, certainly Terry Fontenot, on Greg Beatles, the team president, Terry Fontenot, the general manager, Raheem Morse, head coach, Zach Robinson, the offense coordinator, especially those four, to get this right. And money plays into it. Yes, there's been an explosion in the cap, and we have a little bit more money than we thought we did. But again, if I covered another safety, because Lord knows I don't want Richie Grant back. Oh, my God. Uh, Jordan Fuller from the Rams, because Jimmy Lake knows him. Uh, If you can snag a Jordan Fuller to go alongside Jesse Bates, okay, good. We're done at safety, you know, and, you know, that kind of thing. So you got to get you got to get some veteran free agents in here and not just guys at the end of their careers on one year deals. You got to get some guys in here to play. The, like a Jesse Bates. You need a stretch-wide receiver. 
You know, and and so that's another place you have to go here. Keep in mind, too, and again, we can all disagree without being disagreeable. It's fine. I mean, if Scott doesn't want – look, Justin Fields could come in here and be a total bust, and Scott may be right. And Scott's going to call up the show and say, John, I told you the guy sucks in the fourth quarter. He's just noodle arm quitter. He's just Desmond Ritter. He sucks. Look at all the turnovers. And I'm going, yeah, that didn't work. And but you know again I'm only I can only tell you what I know based on the time that I did. when did we talk was that like in February before free agency yeah even began before the combine I can't know because one thing we do know is you will hear I, I guarantee you this keep this in mind like the Senior Bowl where Sam Hartman went down to the Senior Bowl and exploded and when I say exploded not in a good way. Okay, and Spencer Rattler exploded in a good way. Spencer Rattler made himself money down at the Senior Bowl. Sam Hartman cost himself so much money as to be a sixth or seventh round pick. He was so bad. Uh, even if he's drafted at all, bad. That'll happen to the combine. Where quarterbacks get elevated, but it's true of every player. That's the combine is where Thomas Dimitrov went to the combine and saw Julio Jones and went, oh, my God, what do you want for him? That's what he did. He went to the combine and saw that and went, uh, you want five picks? Okay, I'll give you five picks. Hey, Thomas Dimitrov, all you want. He made some pretty good moves. Did get you to 28 to three and then – anyway. Um so the combine starts Wednesday and runs through March fourth. The team's open, and some players are going to be tagged. Cincinnati indicating it might tag T. Higgins. They probably ought to. The dead. So March fourth is the last day of the combine. This is all going to happen real fast. I mean, it's February twenty fourth. Okay, even with the the leap year that we have this year and twenty nine days, but you do know it's leap year, right? Everybody knows the leap year twenty ninth. Okay. So five days left in February. Uh, we're nine days away from the end of the combine. It starts on Wednesday. We are two weeks from Monday is when free agency begins. It's called legal tampering, but everybody knows that's when free agency begins. It's sort of like the early signing period in college football is in December. No, 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 that's signing day. Okay. At least at the moment it is. Until that changes because the Big Ten and SEC want it to change, which that will happen sooner than you think. So uh, but, but that's a story for tomorrow. So the Combine is uh, taking place in Indianapolis beginning this week. Uh, then the uh, deadline to tag players is on March 5th. Then comes free agency. And by the time the free agency, that, that's March 11, okay, two weeks from Monday. By two weeks from Wednesday, okay, two weeks from Wednesday, two, two, two and a half weeks from now, we'll know whether the Falcons, by that point, and it may, look, if they're going to make a move for Justin Fields, there's no reason to wait, really. If they, if they can come to an agreement with the Bears, they can do it now. They may meet at the Combine in Indianapolis, you know, and hammer out something. But I think it, inside of three weeks, we'll know where we stand in terms of what we have to do as far as Justin Fields, because they're either going to do the deal or not. It's like, you know, look, we're not going to pussyfoot around with this because we got to go into free agency. they got to get it done before legal tampering because if they can't get a, a trade done with Justin Fields in the next 16 days, then they got to go into free agency and get somebody. As Abe said, maybe a ba- if Baker Mayfield's available, maybe it's Baker Mayfield. Or maybe it's, as Scott said, Kirk Cousins. Or, you know, I mean, but you can't wait. You can't go into free agency and not do something and then be standing around going, uh, are you going to trade Justin Fields or not? And the Bears going, we don't know. You can't do that. So I think the quarterback situation that we're talking about here is going to be solved. 17 days from today, the Falcons will have a new quarterback. That's my prediction. Who that is, I, 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 I can't tell you. 
404-726-0929. Let's go to Michael. He's uh, been patient. I appreciate that. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, John. How you doing? Good, man. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, I, I think you got it dead on. Uh, Justin Fields is going to be our next quarterback. And like you said at the beginning of the show, all those people that think they know everything should be working in Vegas, but they're not. And I think Vegas has uh, Justin Fields going to the Atlanta Falcons. And for the guy that said uh, Mac Jones, first of all, you have a lot of Georgia fans mad at you. And second of all, a guy that won six Super Bowls, he couldn't make it work with uh, – and uh, the last guy that taught, said start a rookie, uh, that really worked out for Arthur Smith, didn't it? And I'll listen to your response. Um, yeah, well, I, and, and Arthur Smith had a year with that. Well, I guess not a full year. I appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for the call, 404 uh, He was really kind of forced into starting him, and, of course, everybody said, Let, let's circle back here. I, you know, I think maybe just for a moment here, let's go over the recent history. When I say recent history, it was talking the last year and a half at the quarterbacking spot post-Matt Ryan. Noodle arm quitter, right? Quit, it, it sucks, quits, right? And then you're forced to put the, you know, after the noodle arm quitter through the pop-up hand grenade in, why, why is it always Carolina in the rain? It was Carolina in the rain for the noodle arm quitter, right, to throw up the pop-up, and then the next year it's, the, it's Desmond Ritter in the rain of Carolina. Maybe stop playing in the rain of Carolina. Maybe play, hopefully maybe that's the opening game at Carolina next year and it's not raining. Anyway, so the noodle arm quitter, they said, well, they should have started Desmond Ritter right after that, and they waited till after the bye, and so as a result, he only got four games. But he got better game after game over game over game in those four games, leading a lot of us to uh, have a false impression of Desmond Ritter. If you said going into the season last year that Desmond Ritter was no good, you – look, you were either really smart and you ought to be hosting your own show or – you just sort of got lucky because when Arthur Smith said to all of us assembled that that he had this on lock with Desmond Ritter, we sat around Flowery Branch, all of us went, went yeah, well, we saw a guy that, you know, you drafted, he had the pedigree from, from college, you know, is considered by his teammates to be a great leader in the huddle, uh, shown growth game over game over game. All right, again, all you have to be is we don't need a franchise quarterback, Desmond. We don't need you to be great, just be competent. And it turns out he was incompetent. I, I I didn't see that coming. I did not see regression coming. Now, how much of that was Desmond Ritter, or how much of it was he wasn't coached up very well? You know, Raheem Morris and T.J. Yates now in at quarterback coach, and Zach Robinson may look at Desmond Ritter and go, I don't know what these guys were doing with this guy, but this guy's got some game. Uh, and so they may be saying that. I don't know. You don't know. And you're like, oh, they can't be saying that. Sure they could. You're not there. You're not the expert. Neither am I. I'm not there. You're not there. I'm not the expert. You're not the expert. Is it possible that Desmond Ritter just wasn't coached up very well? He went from Luke Fickle and really good coaching in college to some poor coaching in the NFL, and they think that if they give him good coaching that he can be a player, which may indicate to you that they could take a player for two years as a guy like Justin Fields and let Desmond Ritter learn behind him or Baker Mayfield and let him learn behind him. And in the interim, though, you have to have a veteran there, and there's a good chance that Desmond Ritter will be on the team next year. There's a decent chance anyway. Uh, and, or he could be traded or he could be cut. 
I, again, I don't know which way they're going to lean. It depends on what they view Desmond Ritter's future is with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, having said that, you know as well as I do that all they need is a competent quarterback. They don't need a franchise quarterback. They don't need a great Would it be nice to have a franchise? Of course. Who doesn't want one? Sure. Would it be nice to have a great quarterback? Of course. Who doesn't want one? Just give me a competent quarterback, and I can win the NFC South next year. And right now, that's where Arthur Blank is. And that's the charge that Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson, Greg Beatles, Terry Fontenot have to get a competent quarterback in here. Just keep that. I just need you to keep that in mind. Atlanta United, top of the hour, their season opener. Abe Gordon informs me, and I, I remember this too. My mind gets scattered a little bit as you get. He and Garrett Chapman are going to host the pregame show as you get ready for Atlanta United and the Columbus crew. And the start of the uh, soccer season today, live on your home of the Five Stripes Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Really busy Saturday, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Braves spring training opener. Again, Spencer Strider scheduled, at least by reports, to start the game. For whatever that's worth, it's a two innings. It's like an all-star game. Marcel is in at first base because they're kind of trying to work on that thing. Because one of the things the Braves don't have is depth. They don't have a whole lot of depth. And they're ha- they're having a hard time getting players, veteran players to agree to come to the team because the team, you know, short of injury and, well, knock on some wood here. You know, I mean, Austin Riley's going to play 160 games, right? And Matt Olson's going to play 160 games. And Ozzy and Arcia and Harris. And if Kellenick works out and left, and, uh, you know, you got to obviously you got a superstar in right, number one player in the game. Oh, how about that? I should mention that in a moment here. Uh, and uh, then Murphy and Darno at catcher. You, you don't get a play if you're, if you're a backup. You just don't. I mean, and guys are like, I'm. I don't sit on the bench for a whole season. You know, maybe get a you know, a spot start once every three weeks and pinch hit occasionally. I want more than fifty at bats. So they're going to have to kind of move some guys around because the guys that you're looking at your bench right now, you're looking at like Luis Guillorme and J.P. Martinez, of course, Wall. You know, and and so you got to have some other guys. Now, Darno played first base sixteen times in his career, and. And I know that Riley's played some first base, and now they're trying Marcelo Zuna because, you know, they don't want to put him in left field because he's such a box truck, and they don't want to take his bat out of the lineup. So the only place to really put him is at first base, so I think they're going to see if he can be competent. And we go talking about competent again. Uh, and uh, just be competent at first base. So uh, they may experiment with that today here. It, this is a day where we're taking you to the Atlanta United pregame show as the Five Stripes open. <laughs> Abe Gordon said something that uh, when I was talking to him earlier that I, it's the world I live in, you know, and that is unrealistically high expectations. That's what I ask him about. What do you, what do you expect out of the team? Well, they're unrealistically high, and uh, you know, and then then go, his other word is suboptimal. You go from unrealistically high to suboptimal, which is where the Hawks are, uh, and. Um, and, you know, and I was unrealistically high when they had DeJounte Murray and they made that trade into suboptimal where they are now. And so uh, they play again tomorrow night with John Collins coming back to town for the first time as a member of the uh, Utah Jazz. But it, back to Atlanta United, we're taking you in about uh, oh, 12, 14 minutes from now to the pregame show for Atlanta United that uh, Garrett Chapman and, and Abel host. And then Mike and Jason on the call of the game from Columbus I look at what Gonzalo Pineda has in terms of a lineup, and even without Miles Robinson on the team anymore, I look at uh, Yakamakis, and I look at uh, Tiago Almada and Saba and some of the other weapons that are on this team. 
Uh, and from a lineup standpoint, this looks like a really good team. And, and yes, uh, it's going to be really hard. We all understand who the team to beat is now. I mean, because that pink team down in Miami, they have that dude whose name escapes me that's pretty good. Um, it was a joke, by the way. By the way, his commercial, I thought his commercial in the Super Bowl was underrated. <laughs> but it goes, you know what? Something that's interesting, it goes to show, again, a little bit that, you know, here's this superstar, and I said, you know, to my wife when it aired, I said, do you know who that is? And she said, no. And I went, okay. And she knew the other stars in the commercial, but she didn't know. It just, this is why it's still growing here in the United States, okay? And you go, how did she not know? Because again, it just has to grow. It's still growing here. And MLS is also, and I don't know if they'll get, how much they'll get into it, facing the possibility of an issue with their referees and well, they're all messed up and they're all mad. And I'm like, messed up and mad? Dude, how about you guys get stuff right? How about you get, how about you invest in some better referees to fire these guys and get good ones? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so all that's going on. Uh, we have races uh, going on this weekend out at uh, AMS. We have the truck race in the Xfinity, uh, Craftsman Truck and Xfinity Series today and doubleheader beginning at 2. And then tomorrow, the Amber Health 400. I uh, wish I could be down at the track because I love going down to the track, but that's not going to happen for me. So I'll, I'll watch Atlanta United again. You know what? You could ask, Noel, is Garrett or Abe within shouting distance of you by any chance? I forgot to ask Abe something. I need to ask one of these two guys. What's up, man? Uh, uh, hey, Garrett, how you doing? How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Hey, do you know if the game today is on <coughs> free that you have to pay for Apple TV, Ooh. or is it on the MLS package? I think it's on the MLS package, but uh, I can confirm that nah. information for you. It's on Apple. All right, I appreciate that. Yeah. we got our HDMI cord. Yeah. We're going to stream uh, but, it up here at the studio. I always love it when they say, hey, it's a free game on Apple. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Hey, cool yeah, cool note I, for I, everybody I, at home, though. You can still sync it up. I thought to, I paid for Apple TV. But you can sync it up to the radio call. So whenever yes. Lenny United plays home matches, the one cool thing about Apple is that you can sync up Mike Conti so you can listen to Mike Conti and Jason Longshore during matches. Don't they still have the option on the on the MLS season pass to listen to the home broadcast? Yeah. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. So you, you remember, if you're going to watch the game, you want to look for the home broadcast. So get up to 92.9 the game, all that kind of stuff, because you want to hear Mike and Jason on the call because, uh, they, first off, they do a great job. And that's not just me blowing smoke up their skirt. Uh, one of the things that is an old play-by-play guy who's done quite a bit of play-by-play in my life that I that I appreciate is really good play-by-play. We happen to be, you know, as fans in this town, blessed with a lot of really good play-by-play people. Uh, and... Um, so um, for across the board, radio and TV, uh, so a lot of really good ones in town, uh, and you're you're very lucky. And this town's always always had great play by play guys. Um, I I'm, will say that you know some of the greatest of all time. I mean, Larry Munson was a Larry Munson, except for the fact that he was a hoot as a talk show host. He wasn't very good <laughs> as a talk show host. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't Larry's thing. As a play by play guy, he was great, great. As a talk show host. Hey, Larry, what do you think about the quarterback down at um, – what do you think of Auburn this year? Well, you know, there we go. Well, you know, they got that guy. They got that uh, They got that boy over there doing that thing, and uh, and they should be pretty good. That was his answer. <laughs> it's like, Larry, Larry, you might want to read a little bit. 
<laughs> you did you didn't play him last year. You kind of know he was on the team. Uh, so, but he was a great, great, great play-by-play guy. Well, ask Randy McMichael. I mean, after all, Randy's forever linked in one of the most uh, five most famous moments in Georgia history to 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 Larry. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so uh, you want to hear Mike and Jason on the call, and um, you know, ever since Mike took over in year two, uh, I think you've seen uh, quite a growth here from the uh, play-by-play calls. I cannot believe we are going into year eight of Atlanta United. Year eight. I was just at Bobby Dodd Stadium, you know, seven years ago for that opening game, and we didn't know, so that you understand, we did not, we weren't certain what to expect that day on the opening game at Bobby Dodd against the Red Bulls, and if my memory serves, it was a 1-1 draw, and the answer to the trivia question is Yamil Assad scoring the first ever Atlanta United goal. I, we didn't know what to expect because, you know, they haven't they, they couldn't get into Mercedes-Benz Stadium at the time. It wasn't done when completed. And so they had to play, what, half a year or so at Bobby Dodd. But we didn't know what kind of reception they would get. And I had covered, I know this goes to the whole joke of old-time John, who's been around forever. I had covered the the former soccer team, the Atlanta Chiefs. It was one of the first steps. I got paid $10 a game to cover the Atlanta Chiefs, which, by the way, turned out to be the, the best decision I ever made because I've always liked soccer because that led directly to my getting a job at CNN. Because Ted Turner, in addition to owning the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Braves, Ted Turner owned the Atlanta Chiefs. Ah, you didn't know that, did you? Yeah, he owned all three. And because he owned the Chiefs, I got to know the people of the Chiefs who were running something called CNN at the time, or something that was going to be called CNN. It was brand new, and they were saying, hey, we're going to launch this new network, and blah, 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 you want to come work for us? Oh, sure. Um, so, But that was a long time ago. But back in those days, at Fulton County Stadium, we were, I would say the Chiefs averaged 10,000 fans a game, maybe 10. Of course, again, that was 40 years ago, over 43 years ago. Town wasn't nearly as big as it is now. It's three times the size it was back then. There's a lot more, you know, Hispanic-speaking people here, for example, so the natural fan base is larger. Uh, and uh, and the only time you had – the only sellout they ever had at, at Fulton County for soccer was when Pele came to play with the Cosmos. And there were a couple other games where there were some, you know, bigger-name players who came in, and you'd have fans from England to come see a star, a Paul Child or somebody that they knew from England, and so you'd have twelve or 15,000 fans uh, but that would be it. So we didn't really know what to expect at Bobby Dodd Stadium, and, and I did a three-hour-long. Terry Fox at the time, the old program director of the station, said to me, he says, hey, why don't you go down, you Knox Bardeen, you guys go down, and you guys do a three-hour pregame show outside Bobby Dodd Stadium. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we can. We have, all right, we'll figure it out. And uh, and Darren Eels came along, at that time the president of the team, and we said, what do you, early, it was early, I said, what do you expect today? He goes, I really don't know what to expect. And by the time we get into the stadium, packed, packed, 55,000 people. And I, I walk over to Darren, I said, did you expect this? I'm in the press box of Bobby Dodd. He says, no, I did not expect. We had people outside who couldn't get in. And he said, yeah, I did not expect this. And I said, yeah, and, and it just, from the jump, it went 135 miles an hour right into the playoffs in year one with Tata and, of course, in year two right to the championship game where on that awful cold night, that, beating Portland and um, 
my 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 bride is so lucky because it's the only game, only soccer game she's ever been to in her entire life. They won the MLS Cup. <laughs> I said, "Hey, come come along. Are we gonna? Yeah, you've been to a soccer game? Yes, they won the MLS Cup. Uh, maybe she's good luck. I should take her back. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I never expected. But then again, of course, you now you know that we went through all the other guys that came through here, all the other coaches after Tata left, and and it didn't work, and it didn't work, and it didn't work, and it didn't work. And so uh, I have an unrealistically high expectation of this team because at least at the moment you do have – you know, two or three stars on the team that can actually do something. We saw what Tank could do last year. We saw what Almada is made of. Uh, so hopefully this team can be, as Abe said, one of the highest scoring teams in the league, and that's certainly my hope for that. It is going to be a really busy time. Uh, tomorrow I'll be back on from 10 to 145 ahead of the uh, Hawks game tomorrow night against John Collins and the Jazz. And we are going to talk about uh, what happens today, about race day, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the Braves opener in spring training, a little bit about what happens with Atlanta United, and get into the fact that this is just a little bit of a tease for you. If you haven't seen some of the headlines here recently, the Big Ten and SEC takeover of college football is going much, much faster than I ever anticipated. I, I knew it was coming but it's coming fast. Now I see why exactly Florida State wanted to move to sue to get out of Grand Rights because Florida State says, this thing's going to be here in a year, and I think they're right. I now think that this super conference, whatever we're going to call it, is going to be here in uh, as soon as this time next year. Uh, I just don't see that the, the train is rolling down the tracks at 1,000 miles an hour. The Big Ten and SEC have taken over college football. They they changed the playoff format already, the playoff structure. They're going to change it again. Bill Hancock, they hired Bill Hancock to be kind of their point guy, guy on all this, and Hancock is going to be running the show. He's already talking about expanding next year to 14 to 16 teams. They have to get television contracts done to reflect that. So I think all of this is happening super fast. And then there's been a couple of rulings, most notably the one yesterday, involving Tennessee where a judge looked at the NCAA and says you have no say in how teams uh, schools handle the NIL and that was a major that was the death blow to the NCAA for division 1 college football the total death blow there's only a preliminary injunction preliminary injunctions stand because once once they're invoked which they will be immediately because Tennessee did nothing wrong absolutely nothing wrong We'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. All right, stand by for Atlanta United Soccer. It is opening day for the Five Stripes as they take on the crew in uh, snowy, cold Columbus. Stand by for the pregame show with uh, Abe Gordon and uh, Gary Chapman. My thanks to all of you that called in. G- good conversation today. And my uh, extreme thanks, as always, to uh, Noah White for uh, doing uh, all the yeoman's job that she does. And greatly appreciate it. It's Atlanta United Columbus crew live today on your home of the Five Stripes, Sports Radio 92 on the game.